Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house. We are thankful, Lord, to quiet our hearts. And Lord, we look to you this morning to speak to us. Speak to us through your word, Lord, that we might be challenged in our faith, that, Lord, we might be stretched and moved. Encourage us for another day. Remind us who you are. Lord, I am thankful that you have mercy on each and every one of us. That you have offered your love, your grace, your sacrifice. That we might have eternal life with you. What a blessing that is. Lord, as we hear your word this morning, may it be powerful because of you. May we be strengthened because of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. Sorry, I'm going to run into that. It won't take about two seconds. (laughs) Do you ever feel yourself struggling to keep the faith? I know that's probably a challenging thing to think about. I'm always reminded and maybe somewhat comforted by Mother Teresa's diaries after she passed that she struggled in some spots to understand her faith and how it fit, and, and she had questions. And I think that's okay for us to have those questions. In fact, I would think it'd be maybe a touch proud of us to say that we never have questioned our faith. See, We live in a world that is full of negative. Doesn't take but three or four minutes of the news to find out that we live in a fallen world. Quite honestly, a pretty messed up world. If you weren't touched or moved or even thought twice about How many people were displaced in Houston alone? Early in the week, it was, or last, it would have been last week, it was Rockport because they were getting pounded. Well, they've got pushed aside. Now all we're hearing is Houston. I heard a a comment 117,000 square miles of houses. I, I don't even know if I can fathom that idea. That's not 117 houses. That's miles of houses. Mere weeks ago, we watched riots kill three people because we couldn't agree 
as a people on what is right or wrong. And I think if we're honest, it's challenging to our faith to stand back and to watch this day after day after day. Questioning what is truth. Where is the truth? Where is the line? And what, where am I going to draw that line? See, in 2 Thessalonians, that's exactly what was happening. There were false prophets who had come into this church, into their area, and they said, you know what? Jesus already has returned and you missed it. And the church was struggling. Did we miss it? Did it happen and we missed it? Are we okay? Do we believe what we've learned and been taught? Where are we going to land? I don't know about you, but it's easy to be overwhelmed by the things of this world. It doesn't take long to be wounded by those things. I will tell you that when I, I spent those four years in Mercyhurst, which was a good thing for me. But I spent four years in Mercyhurst, and there were days where my faith was extremely challenged by the words that were spoken to me. I had a, I had a professor the first day of class. It, was, it, wasn't even a, it wasn't even a church class. That was what made me crazy. It was some stupid contemporary. It wasn't stupid, sorry. It was contemporary problems or something. I, I, this, the issues were um, very, it's like a social justice class. Anyway, the professor from the front said, if you are a Christian, you will have a struggle in this class. You may want to look for a different class coming. And that is the, those word for word. And I sat there and my stomach turned and twisted and I was like, Ugh, do, I'm not 20 anymore and I don't really want to fight this fight, do I? And I'm like, I can get this class somewhere else. <laughs> and, I, and I struggled for that hour as I sat in that class the very first day, and I'm told that as a Christian, I'm not going to like this class. I'm not going to like what I hear. And so I wasn't really sure what to do with it. So I said, all right, well, I'm going I'm to take this one more step. I'm going to make a decision today because I'm not spending a semester of pain and punishment uh, and frustration for three credits. It's not worth it. I'll find a different professor. Different. And so I asked him at the end of the class, I said, I hear what you said. What do you mean? Because I know what your statement says. What do you mean? He says, here's the deal. If you're a very conservative, Christian-minded person, you're going to struggle with some of the things that I say. I said, will you grade me on that? Because it's con contemporary social problems, not church class, right? And he says to me, as, and he didn't know me from Adam, right? He didn't know who I was, didn't matter. He said, as long as you answer the test questions the way I tell you to answer them, I don't care if you believe it or not. And so I went to that class. I said, all right, challenge accepted. This guy's book, I tell you this story because it's just crazy. This guy's book was literally... Um, copied off pages, page after page, probably like, a, I don't know, 80 pages 
of newspaper articles that were literally, it looked like my grandma's scrapbook from 100 years ago. There was a newspaper here, half the paper was missing. The, the class, he said, I'm saving you guys a lot of money. He's, trying, he's making me feel good. It cost me 20 bucks to, for someone to copy off 80 pages of stuff I could barely read. Anyway, long story short, the test was literally, I had to memorize a chunk of this newspaper article, and that's how I had to answer the question. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so I got an A in the first test, and an A in the second test, and an A on the third test. What I didn't know was that that meant for the final, I didn't have to take the test. There was me and like one other person didn't have to take the test. I had to help the other losers study. That's the way he said it. Not my, that's how he said it, not how I said it. He said, your goal is, obviously you're going to pass the final, so, and you're not going to really affect your grade, so help the other losers pass the test too. Because we literally had to memorize lines of the paper. But I will tell you, that class really challenged my faith. It challenged my faith because I had to hear these things that I didn't really believe in being taught as truth. I will tell you at the end of this story, it's really awesome. He actually knew the lady who runs, who started the homeless shelter where we volunteer at COC. And so we got in this conversation at the end of it. He gave me his cell phone number. He showed up at the homeless shelter. Yeah, God wins. That's right. <laughs> he show, because even if he didn't think God was valuable, he realized that there was, helping others was valuable. And, in, and I thought, you know what? There was a small influence from me, and there was a bigger influence probably from this, these people he knew and had worked with uh, and was influenced over um, the homeless shelter. So it was exciting. But, but I tell you that because I think that if we're honest, there are those times in life, for some of us more than others, that we are struggling where, with where our faith is. Where do I bend? And where do I toe the line? Is it not a, if you're in the, if you're not in the world, I mean, you'd, you'd have to not be in the world, a, a part of the world to not feel that pain at all. Because every single day, there's someone, somewhere being stretched. And the older, I, what I've noticed is the older I get, the harder it is to bend. <laughs> I want to be, here's the line, kids. Don't mess it up. That's where I feel like I'm at, right? And God's always challenging that idea in my mind. There is a truth. And where am I at? And that's what's happening in this passage. All that to be said, that's what's happening in this this passage. The church is trying to sort out what is the truth. And of course, Paul didn't have a text, a phone to text them, so he had to send them a letter. And he reminds them right off the bat to remember who they are. Yeah, it worked. I just need to tell you that I had this in my locker when I worked in the foundry for 23 years. I don't know where. I got it early on. I colored it just that way. And it's one of my favorite mantras at work. Because church, I think sometimes we feel like we just want to give up and we get apathetic 
and we choose nothing over being proactive for a couple of reasons, I think. One, we either just are tired of fighting, or two, we just don't know exactly where we stand. We don't know where the truth is, so it's kind of hard to draw a line when you don't know where the line is. And that Paul is reminding them in this passage, don't give up. He reminds them, you are chosen. You are chosen by God. If you have put your faith in Christ, you are chosen by God. You are a new creation. And he says, don't forget about that. I think sometimes we feel like we're not real special. That nobody cares. That we could walk in this door or out this door and it's just like Walmart, right? You walk in, you get your stuff, you get up. And nobody cares. I ask myself this question. Why? Why? Would anyone, and I, I'm all for people having a, a chance to rally, to speak their peace, to have that say, but ask yourself this question. Why would anyone go to Charlottesville with a shield, with a weapon, to, to peacefully protest anything? Why, what gets into someone's mind that they're willing to take that out on someone else. And I, and I, I guess I'm stuck at the fact that I, my, my thought is they just aren't feeling heard. If you don't hear me, I'll make you hear me. They forget that they're not special, that they're not chosen, that God, they don't know that God loves them. And they figure out pretty quickly that if you don't hear what I'm saying, I'll make you hear what I'm saying. I don't know if you had a chance to read the New Spirit. I want to encourage you to read the New Spirit and read Pastor Dave's article this month. Spot on. A great reminder of what us as Christians need to look like. How we need to be We are a chosen people. You are chosen by God. A royal priesthood. See, I think sometimes we feel so alone that we think no one cares. No one cares. And sometimes no one does care except for God. I want to remind you to commit your works unto the Lord. I love this. I like this verse, but I like the verse next verse, and I'm going to show you that in a second. It says, commit your works, works unto the Lord, and, and His thoughts will be established. And you know what? The Lord works it out, everything to His proper end may not look like what we want it to look like, but he'll work it out to his end. Secondly, he says, hold tight to the truth. Hold on to what is true. He says, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we have passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. I have a question for you this morning. What are you standing on? 
What are you standing on? Ask yourself this, what am I responding to? What am I not responding to? See, because in a lot of times in life, we are influenced by a whole lot of things. I remember being a young man, and if you know me more than more about five minutes, you know that I love to hunt. That doesn't take very long. It comes out. And I would go to my buddy's camp for a week, and then I would try to go to bear camp, which was my own family camp, um, with other people. There was a bigger group of them. And I would miss the first Sunday at church, and then I would miss the second Sunday at church. And there was a pretty rough crowd at times. And I found out pretty quickly that I was being influenced. When I came back from bear camp, I felt pretty dirty inside. I felt like I was probably doing things I shouldn't have been doing around people that I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to influence. They were influencing me, quite honestly. And I wasn't holding on to the truth. Those things were influencing my life. And it was hard. I had gotten really lazy. Paul says, hold on to the doctrine, to sound doctrine. Sorry, I'm all... Okay, there we go. Getting it all messed up this morning. And I can remember this, these lines in my mind. Probably my parents read them to me. <laughs> if not, my grandmother probably reminded me. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. One bad apple. You remember those things that you learn as a child. And you think, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Those people don't. Inf- I, I hear it. They don't influence him. They aren't influencing me. I'm influencing them. Yeah. Right? It does. That's the important part, though, Kenny, right? You have to pick your influences wisely because it doesn't take long for those influences to put you in a different direction, to lead you down a path that you don't want to go. And you no longer at that moment hold tight to the truth. I'm kind of hoping, good, I'm, I'm glad you can't read it. Don't read it, Kenny. Close your eyes. I need to tell you about this picture. This picture came from a friend of mine's Facebook. This picture is, was taken on Wednesday. She started back to, to grad school at the University of Penn, which is in Philly, uh, Wednesday, after, uh, Wednesday afternoon. And this is a group of Christians who are protesting at the, at the university. And they're protesting hate. They're protesting hate under the guise of Christianity. I'm glad you can't read it because I sh- my wife and I were looking at it and I was showing someone else and they're like, please don't show that. And you're right, don't show that in front of the church because it, it's awful. It's awful what those things say. Under the guise of God's love, under the guise of, at the bottom it says, www.christianinterviews.com So, 
crazy me, I thought, well, I'll check that out, see what it is. Thankfully, it doesn't exist, or it's been taken off, I don't know. But my friend who goes to, to the college or to the university said, you know, they're spewing hate about homosexuals and feminists. That's what the signs are talking about. And she said, all I can see is the hate that they're spewing in the name of Christ. And I show you this, church, because if we don't stand up and be counted, this is where you're going to be tied into. This is what you're connected with. Well, all Christians feel this way. All Christians want to show hate to anybody that doesn't connect them or doesn't line up with them. We need to know the truth. And church, if you're struggling to figure out the truth, you need to dig deeper into the Scriptures. There is truth there, truth to be found. And you need to dig. And not find one verse that just... You need to dig through the Scriptures so you understand what's going on. If not, you'll be lumped in with this group. And I found out very... uh, a very practical way this week. I was at, uh, at a, an, uh, an appointment this week where I happened to walk, I happened to walk, I was leaving the appointment, this other couple was leaving the appointment. I didn't even pay attention. This couple, the, the girl that I, that I saw, I graduated with. And my wife had talked to her like a week or two before that. And my wife told her that I was a pastor. <laughs> and she just shook her head. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> and so I, I just kind of laughed it off because, you know, I laughed it off when I heard that. I didn't have any clue I was going to run into her on Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day it was. I walk in and there she is. <laughs> and she says, you really do exist and you're a pastor? <laughs> And I was reminded at that moment that I hadn't changed the truth in her life. She's a believer in Christ. And she had no idea who I was. Because I know what I was like in, in high school. I believe that Jesus died on a cross for me, but I wasn't living that. I wasn't living that truth in high school. I was doing everything I could to squirm away from that. And I realized, 30 years. Because <laughs> she said, hey, it's our 30th anniversary. And you, this is what she said. This is hilarious. You should probably go to the class reunion. <laughs> I'm like, man, I haven't seen those people in 30 years. She said, exactly. They probably could use <laughs> They need to know you've changed. She said, <laughs> I don't want to go. But I didn't hold tight to that truth, even though I knew it was the truth at a young age. And I forgot that if I don't share the truth that I have of Christ's love, people will know no different. They won't know the truth. Thirdly, Paul says, open yourself up to God's encouragement. 
quite readily quit beating yourself up. Somewhere in Christian theology, we have come to the point where we think that if we beat ourselves up, that somehow, if we do it long enough, that it'll be good for us. And in the fact, the fact is that at some point we finally forget about the grace of God in the midst of that. Paul says, I beat my body, but he doesn't say, I beat my body forever. He says, I beat my body so that I'll be better for the race. I'm going to challenge you this morning to let go. To let go of those things that are holding you back. Allow God to encourage you. Are you perfect? Absolutely not. None of us are. But are there some victories in your life? Absolutely. And maybe as a church, we've fallen short. In fact, I have homework for you. My homework is for you to encourage someone else today. Not willy-nilly. Encourage someone else's faith today. If you want to keep the faith and help others keep the faith, encourage them. Words are so strong. You know, we grew up with that idea that uh, only sticks and stones could hurt us in words. But we know that that is absolutely, I don't know who wrote that, but it's absolutely not the truth. Words are so strong. And church, we are the mouthpiece for God in a lot of, in a lot of, a lot of times. And we miss it. We miss those opportunities to encourage someone. I was reminded of this a few weeks ago. Went to a, an event, and there was a guy at the front door, or at the front steps. He took our money. Kind of, I knew his family didn't really know him hardly at all. Knew him by name. That was it. And me and another guy are talking to him. And we're having a good time. We're doing, it's a fun event. And he's taking our money and just getting our slips and all that. And we're just talking. It's a Friday afternoon. Just spent, I don't know, 10 minutes talking. Didn't think a thing of it. Went and had fun, had a good time. I find out three days later that the next night, the next night, this man and I don't know the details because I don't know all the details, OD'd. There was, some, there was some question whether it was suicide attempt or it wasn't. But either way, he OD'd. And it was in ICU that when I found out on that Monday. And I was taken aback by that because there was nothing, nothing in that conversation. But I had to go through that whole conversation in my head and I said, this guy knows I'm a pastor. Did I ever say anything to encourage him at all? Did I encourage his faith at all? Did I encourage him to find God at all in that conversation that I had? He seemed so okay. And obviously he wasn't 
okay. And it reminded me that what we see in people's faces and what we see in their countenance isn't always what's really going on inside. And all too often, it's, so, it's, it's harder. It's harder to ask that hard question, are you okay? It's easier to say, good morning, how's the weather, and nice to meet you and see you. And we forget to, that we can encourage someone else. My challenge for you this morning is if God is calling you to encourage someone today, that you step out and do that. Because you don't know if you'll meet that person like I met. Now, I'm praising God that he's still alive and that I have an opportunity the next time I go out there, I will never forget that moment. I have an opportunity to say it differently. And I'm going to say it differently. Because I had no clue. I had no clue at all that this guy was hurting. This guy was hurting pretty bad. He put on a good face, and I had no idea. And I didn't bother to take the moment or two to encourage him, to ask him if he was okay. Because I had no idea. He didn't look like he was a problem at all. Seemed like the same guy I met the last time. Didn't seem. Church, we live in a messed up world. The only hope you have, the only hope we have, is Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that relationship with Him today, you need it. What a shame it would be to walk out this door having no, still not understanding that relationship. What a shame. Let's pray. Lord God, we, I thank You this morning that You took our struggles to the cross. I thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to that cross and that our sins, our problems, the ones we've caused, all those struggles, you took them to the cross. Lord, we're reminded this morning that we need to keep the faith. We need to keep the faith, be reminded of the way that you love us, And Lord, look to encourage others so that they will keep the faith. Lord, you have sent your son Jesus to stand in our stead, to be in that path, to stand in our place. And all you ask of us is that we will have a relationship with you, a friendship connection that we would ask you into our hearts Lord I pray this morning for anyone who has not made that decision that you would draw them out this morning that Lord you would draw them to the altar that Lord they would recognize their need Lord I pray for those who just need to be encouraged today who are struggling who are sitting in their pew Their mind is going a mile a minute. And they just need to be reminded that you love them. I pray this morning that you would quiet their hearts. Lord, that someone near them would be sensitive enough to recognize that. 
and pray with them, to hold their hand, to encourage them. Lord, may we be reminded that this is a house of healing. That we are more than just a church. We are the church. Use our gifts in powerful ways this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.